And will there be will there be a Pokemon gun version at any point in time? Isn't that the evil Pokemon? Yeah, it's gonna have a gigantic gun with the railgun. It's a forehead, and like you've got to stop it from. F- it's gonna go into Dynamax mode. It's gonna fire a nuclear bomb from its oh forehead. It's stop it from taking over the world. Honestly, though, you have played the game for a long time. Don't you have anything else to do with your time? Gaming Blues Podcast. All right, this intro, I will nail it out of the park because you know why because i wrote it down <laughs> uh, coward's way out not ad-libbing it dude i can't ad-lib for the life of me you should see some of my acting career back in the day my god drama class sucked ass all right Welcome to this week's Gaming Blues Podcast, the show where two polar opposite gamers discuss the hottest video game news and bicker about topics I come up during my commute. <laughs> my name is Andy, and always with me is the one and only Darren McPhail. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm running on seven hours of sleep, just went to the gym, and oh boy, I'm more amped up about all this gaming news. This podcast is available on major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, and soon Stitcher. How's that for an intro? That's pretty good. And, And while you're listening on all those different platforms, you should be sure to leave us a review and let us know what you think. And hey, you give us five stars. That means a lot. And if you don't like using podcast platforms, we're up on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash LastBlues to find the latest VODs of our podcast in video form for your viewing audio pleasure. Viewing audio pleasure, that makes no sense. Hmm. For your viewing pleasure? But it's audio, though. But there's still, it's still like, for your consuming pleasure. That sounds actually kinky, but moving on. YouTube's kinky awkward all right now you have that voice clip forever i will sound bite that i'm played every every day um so as the day of this recording we are a week away from one of the biggest gaming events of the year electronic entertainment expo other known as e3 it's pretty it's pretty big it's smaller pretty big i say definitely compared to previous years where E3 was the like the event you need to actually show up to present your games and actually like win the like general um, gaming public over. It seems like less and less emphasis is put on E3 now. I think the biggest I- evidence of this is that Sony, one of the big threes that <clears throat> usually takes E3 to announce a lot of games and or new consoles, is actually sitting out this year. Yeah, but there's also the case of Nintendo showed a format that is infinitely more successful and cheaper to use. Like, their direct format is basically what every company's aping now. And for a good reason, because it costs, like, what, one-eighteenth of the budget to set up a booth at E3 and flout all your people and have all your big important directors and representatives talk about your game. So it just... In this day and age, it makes way more sense to have a video that you have the time to make and can just put out. Like, Look at Konami. Look at their history at E3 for showing sort of what happens when your preparation isn't great. And I imagine most E3s have been a financial disaster for them. Now, I'm jogging my memory a bit because I keep confusing the 
Ubisoft E3 presentation with the Konami one. What's your most right, memorable gonna, Konami gonna, one? I'll break it down for you. So this is how you know we're referring to the Ubisoft one. Hey everyone, let's make a meme right now. <laughs> and there's also <laughs> which we have Mr. Caffeine to thank for. And then for uh, Konami, you have uh, the two wrestlers slapping each other on stage. For uh, same similarly, you have the Silent Hill one where there's a guy just staring at the other guy's head, mm-hmm. just he's just sat standing behind him, just staring into his soul. And then you also have uh, one million troops. Wow! Wait, what's that for? Uh, that's from Ninety Nine Nights too. Oh my god, that was a thing. This is extreme. Back and slash extreme. I actually wish there was a video podcast, but your because your face it was like a <laughs> <I'm> flawless <laughs> replication of the guy. I've I've practiced it. It was it's an event. I've watched that Konami press conference like three or four times in my life. Remember when Konami was good? Yeah, that was good old days. They made that Castlevania collection. I hear it's not bad, but not good enough. But also, um, one more check is remember the conference where they're like playing. I think like Nerf. Inside the like the hall, Ubisoft. They're that playing was laser Ubisoft. tag. They're playing laser yeah, they're tag. They're playing laser tag. <laughs> and they're trying to sell like these AR, AR like guns. plastic toy guns you can play, and they actually had people running around actually like trying yeah. to sell it. It was pretty cringe. It was uh, it was one of the rougher ones for sure. I think that one, and I think you can't talk about be- weird conferences, and you got to talk about Sony when they had. I think. It was the TGS one, where they just some, like got some gigantic like inflatable globes, and they're trying to get like people to like beach ball it while like they're showing videos up on the screen. Remember? I I don't recall that. I I remember oh the God. giant enemy crab. I mean that's a classic one. It's like this game's historically accurate, but first you have to beat up the enemy giant crab. <laughs> and then they had yeah. the the PlayStation Three price point was the big takeaways from you gotta that conference. Flip them over to do massive damage. Ridge but, Racer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that was that was a year, freaking. Uh, but the crazy thing is, we are a week away from E3, but all but so far, a lot of news that is probably E3 worthy is coming out this week. I think or has yeah. come out. I hope this means they're going to show, like they're actually hiding their like, uh, like big guns for E3. Because they're announcing these ones so early. Well, first off, we have to consider that uh, Sony's not going to be at E3, and Death Stranding is an exclusive title, and they had their, I guess, their premiere trailer. Like, what was the actual type of trailer? Because it's like we had the gameplay reveal last year, I believe, or it was a couple of years ago, and then we had um, the initial like teasers come out, like Gamescom. I think E3. E3 at the Sony conference in 2016, I think, mm. had the, like the first big one. But this is like the actual, like, hey, here's kind of what the game's about, eight minute long thing. So it makes sense that Sony did it. And then Nintendo doesn't really have much of an E3 presence. They kind of have a couple demos. Yeah. They do a direct during the same week. And so I think their thing makes sense that they revealed because they have the power to show off whenever they want. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, Ac- is Activision not at E3 this year? I think they have to be because they're all they're showing off the new Modern Warfare at E3, right? Yeah, I, I just find it weird that they uh, announced it now and not uh, at the show. I think they want to like just get the hype rolling to actually get people to show up for the conference. And I bet you they'll do the typical, oh, here's gameplay, and we will do the the segue where we go in the sake of saving time, and where they just skip to like the highlight of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they always they always do that, and they go, this is totally real gameplay. Uh, but totally. I think amongst the announcements, I think the biggest one, which will be the main topic of this podcast, will be Nintendo released new information for their next gen Pokemon game, uh, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Did you yes. almost forget what they were called? I'm like, let's go sword and let's go shield. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a minute, that's not, that's not it. I I get the confusion because it does kind of look like a slightly nicer version of Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu, Pokemon. Let's go Eevee. That's a mouthful right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm gonna give my quick ten cents because I'm a diehard. I'm maybe not diehard. Diehard's not the right word. I'm a longtime Pokemon fan. There you go. Pokemon Blue was my first video game I played back when I was like five or six. It was like the first game I finished. Mm -hmm. I played every main game up till now. I've played a number of spinoffs. I'm currently an addict of the trading card game, which is just, you know, childhood nostalgia catching up to you. And I think... Ever since X and Y, I've been very cold on the main games. Mm-hmm. Like Black and Black and White and Black and White Two are two of my favorite games in the whole series. I think they hold up really well and they're really fun to play. X and Y, I really did not enjoy. Sun and Moon, I enjoyed with concessions. Mm-hmm. And Sword and Shield, I have really mixed feelings about. Do go on so, in those mixed feelings, sir. So the whole direct opens up showing like some cutscenes where you're picking your starter. You get to see some screenshots or I guess some video f- footage of the region, which is the what region? I don't remember the name of it. Galaga. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Gala something. Ah, Galar region. G A L A R Galar. The Galar region. Based on Scottish themes, I think. I think it's supposed to be England. So there could be some Scottish... There could be some Scottish uh, inspiration there, since, you know, United Kingdom and all that. But uh, I really, really like how there is a controllable controllable third-person camera Mm -hmm. in the big open area, which they absolutely named the Wild Area. How wild? Or is it called the Wild Zone? Wild Area. <laughs> the Wild Area. I wonder what that's called in Japan. Japanese. It has wild to be Wild Area. Jesus Christ! It can't be some. It can't be that. Okay, you it, keep on talking might. while I look this up. But uh, I really like how in it. It finally has that dream of a freeform, explorable three D world, which people have wanted out of Pokemon since like. 2008 since like gta 4 was huge and people were just saying can you imagine gta 4 and uh pokemon combined Mm -hmm. did you did your investigative journalism bear fruit 
Um, it's not as extreme as I thought it would sound. So it's wild area in Japanese, yase chiki. What, is it, what does that translate to? Just wild area? Yes. Yase means wild. And chiki means like area. So it's not as fun as I thought it would be. But yase chiki. Freaking wild area. So I want to say first off, I really like how the game's finally that 3D explorable world. Because X and Y and Sun and Moon are more or less the exact same as the other 2D games. Mm-hmm. You wander around. It has the same, a similar top-down perspective. And uh, Black and White started it. And I guess Diamond Pearl to an extent. The DS titles had some camera work where it kind of curved and turned and you had different perspectives. And X and Y and Sun and Moon had a bit more of that, but it was never actually really properly 3D. Mm-hmm. So now we have that, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And they seemingly don't have random encounters, since you can see Pokemon roaming around in the world, which is something that's from Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. So cool that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I what do you think about the designs for the Pokemon they showed off? They showed, I, I believe, five, or it might have been four or five of the Pokemon available in the region. Then they showed off the two legend two legendaries they showed off five and i will name them off for you because i got this convenient siliconera site open mm. preparation my friend mm. so my by far my favorite mr edgelord bird yes corvinite corvinite it's a bird type that acts as a flying taxi apparently it also looks like a really scary english crow which I love, and everyone just call it the Edgar Allan Poe Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought like Murkrow was more of that. No, it's not this edgy thing enough. looks like Ill- this thing looks like. Uh, have you ever been to England? Um, when I was young, so I don't have, like don't have much memories of it though. The crows there are pretty big. How big? Like they look like if you had garbage on your neck, they would rip out your neck. Like Japanese crow, br- big. This podcast intended for mature audiences. <laughs> <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think like that that is definitely the coolest design they showed off. Like I, I don't think any of the designs they showed off are really mm-hmm. terrible or anything. I think they all look pretty pretty good. So next one, well, one more thing on the Edge Bird is, I hope this does not like end up as being like a fodder Pokemon. I actually hope it evolves into something like more kickass. I have a feeling it might just be a basic. No. Or it's go- or or it's going to be the evolution. It's a flying in steel though. That's Skarmory? Yeah, it's gonna be it's basically a dark Skarmory. Watch it be an evolution of Skarmory. Where you need like a dusk stone or something. Oh no. Don't ruin it. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. <laughs> they always do this. They always have dumb gimmick evolutions, their new cool Pokemon. <sighs> anyway. All right, next up is that, what, what do you call this? Like, you don't want the giant jaw called Dreadnaw. The, the, the big-mouthed <laughs> Pokemon? It's the turtle that has chompers. A chomping turtle? Basically. Snapping turtle. That's what they're called, snapping turtles. Rock and water type, and abilities could be strong jaw or shell armor. Mm. Um, Makes sense. I don't know, looks... Apparently, it's like, like I don't actually. Nobody actually believes the flavor text for Pokemon, right? They're just there for like, I guess, lore. Uh, it depends. <clears throat> it it can be both 
neither. It, it's 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 usually just meant to be for flavor, yeah. Because my point I'm trying to make is like Tyranit um Lavatar, like that you know like Tyranitar evolution right evolution line right. Yes, that Lavatar thing is supposed is to be basic. that thing is supposed to be fifty kilograms. That little pint thing. Hey, he's made <clears throat> of rocks. So, so like ev- Rock, like all these talk about like oh only the strongest trainers can tame this dreadnought. I hope it evolves into dreadnought or something, so I can just keep making dreadnought jokes. Again, I'm willing to bet you money. It's either a basic or the final evolution of an evolution line. Ah, oh, you're double weak to grass. Who wants you? <laughs> I mean that that's literally like every turtle Pokemon is usually they're, they're like there's Torterra or is it a what's the freaking uh, not Torterra yep. the the fossil sea turtle which is rock and water. That one had a. I know the one you're talking about, the blue rock. It's like Caracosta or something like that. It's one of those fossil Pokemon no one used. Here we go, Caracosta. Kick out his name. Everyone used the giant T Rex in that gen. I did, because I always do the non favorite pick. No, wait, wasn't it the. uh, It was the flying bird one. Very descriptive, I know. Arctops. I'll be very honest, I didn't play that gen. <laughs> you didn't play black and white? <clears throat> no. What I, the frick? No, I, I played it, I just didn't beat it. I think I stopped after get beating like the last gym. And wow. Then, you know, and you know how like the whole like story twist happens after the ace gym? Yeah, like the cool shit happens that actually like makes it cool. I'll go back to it, piss off. No, you, All right. no you won't. I, my freaking brother is the biggest video game baby ever beat it, provided I gave him a level 100 Giratina. I'm making the Jackie Chan face what the fuck face right now, but... Um, <clears throat> why Giratina? Anyway. Um, what He wanted it. Next up on the reveal list, either the... Mar- I, probably the Mareep of this generation. I think Say it. Wulu. Wulu. So look, look, Ash! It's a Wulu. I don't know if you checked my Twitter before the podcast, but somebody made called the evolution of Wulu to be the Wululu from Age of Empires. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, we found a Wululu. <laughs> uh, oh my god! It's the gr- probably the most vanilla-looking Pokemon they showed off. It's the most like, yep, that's a Pokemon. I mean, all it's the like sheep. The, all the artists are going ham over it right now. Saw how cute it is. It's a sheep. I mean, it's just. I feel like it's just like any other fluffy Pokemon. I don't. I don't know. All right, let's go over the next two, which are the, the. I think there's a version exclusive grass Pokemon. I guess. Let's see. One is Gossifle, of the flower type, and then we have. Eldegoss, which is the pollen Pokemon. I thought that was the evolution of it. I don't fucking know, dude. I just watched the direct. I'm pretty sure it's the evolution, but it's got like, the big afro. When it evolves, it sees into its hair. Grossifla and Eldegoss are both grass types. I'm assuming there's going to be another stage. To which evolves evolution. into a full flower. Probably. That seems to be the trend for flower Pokemon. I hope the gimmick is it just like repeats its cycle over and over again. <laughs> probably not. Alright, that's it for the announced Pokemon. I think the best we can all agree on is the Edgelord bird. And the Wooloo. Wooloo. <clears throat> but that's not the important part. 
The important part of this of the new announcement is is the new battle system they introduced. <sighs> yeah, a, appropriately named Dynamax system. How is it appropriate? It's dynamic battle. Call it's it dynamic clashes. It's dynamic. Oh, that's probably trademarked. <laughs> Maybe you can't say Kojin in Japanese games. You can get flagged. Call them kaiju battles. Call them that's Godzilla. Kajimon. Godzilla. Kajima. <laughs> Kajima. But uh, I gotta say, if I know anything about Game Freak, is that anything outside of normal battles, like any weird iteration or alternate battle scheme, is always just so gimmicky. That's, that's and actually, yeah. This thing lasts. So you turn huge. And it lasts three turns. It's usable in normal battle and in special Dynama battles where it's giant Pokemon versus giant Pokemon. Or it's you and three other people versus one giant Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just, I, as soon as I saw that, I was just like, I was just shaking my head. Because I was like, here we go. Another gimmick. It's just going to be like the the rotation battles. It's going to be like the, the triple battles where it's just a, a gimmick that you just don't want to play especially do because you, you played sun and moon right yes how much did you like totem pokemon totem battles i actually liked it to be honest because it probably provided more of a challenge but did it feel like a good challenge it kind of felt like the odds were just heavily stacked against you like you're fighting a pokemon with infinite ads oh yeah that and like it lagged the 3ds up the wazoo yeah. Speaking of which, before we go back to Dynama battles, Dynamax. did you notice it looked like the game was kind of hitching a couple times, like it was dropping frames? <clears throat> I mean, that's all. That was always like always a given for like whenever it had like special effects. But, all the like the all the like the Mega Evolution and the Z skills also lagged on the 3DS. I know it's on the Switch. It's on the fucking. Switch. It's on the fucking Switch, but. We have Xenoblade Chronicles on the Switch, which looks like it runs smoother. Breath of the Wild is a much bigger game. I will runs give it smoother. I will give it the benefit of the doubt that they made this trailer early in development, and they still got time to bug iron that shit out. I will give. You think them so? That. You think Game Freak, the most iterative design, or this the most iterative developer possibly ever, mm-hmm. is going to go back? And tighten up the performance of their games. No, I'm not saying like going back to it. I'm saying they already did it. Because like this, this, I gotta assume that the Dynamo battles, like the like when they made a trailer, it was way earlier in development. It has to be. I, I don't know I'm, if that's true. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a fine text in the bottom that says like just like development footage. Yeah, but they, they they're gonna say that no matter what. They're not gonna they they say that just in case of any event if anything changes. Look, here here's my reasoning. They nailed open world exploration with free camera controls and have Pokemon running around everywhere. Nail is a strong word. Got that got that done after what's in is ninth? Eight this is eight. Okay, after Ace Generation, they finally did what people asked to do. And um, at this point, I'm just kind of giving the benefit of the doubt. Yeah? 
Or this can crash horribly because it's their first Switch game next to the Let's Go Eevee. But I'm assuming, I mean, oh, did you play that game? Uh, my brother has it. I've played a bit of it, but I have I don't own it personally. How was how was the performance on that? Okay, like it looks like Pokemon Go, so it's not like very graphically impressive. It it looks like a game made on a budget. Like this I game mean, looks nicer, but it still kind of has a little bit of that. This kind of looks like an upscale 3DS game. I will also point that we are we saw it through a YouTube video, so maybe it'll look better on a television screen. It'll probably look better on a Switch screen than than anything. Switch but sucks. yeah, it's not ideal, but that's where it's gonna look the sharpest. But. I have a feeling that this game's performance is going to be questionable. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the card of the Game Freak fan or Pokemon fan. And be like, you know what? I believe them, and they will make it acceptable performance by release date. Yeah. And you know, Game Freak, they never do any wrong. And at least, well, no, they do wrong. But like, the reason they can't fix on shit handhelds, which not shit handhelds, like they can't fix on handhelds because they can't really patch it on handout gaming they you on 3ds you could they had patches for the 3ds pokemon games are sure but like i'm pretty sure and the performance was still garbage look i'll dive into this more as i talk about the raid battles but if that becomes more like a common end game thing i think they will patch it eventually because what's stopping them from not patching it for laziness a, a faulty engine it, it, like I've heard before that like the slowdown is caused because the engine has to calculate like stats, has to calculate nature, has to calculate a bunch of uh, conditions and states underneath the hood, and that's what makes it hitch. Not necessarily the graphical power. What if Nintendo announces a new updated Switch? I mean, there's been mumblings about that too. They very well could, but. I don't know what that will add. But yeah, to conclude that, I know it's, uh, it was a bit choppy, I will admit. But I believe. <laughs> I I believe that a Japanese game development company will do me good. Maybe. All my faith. But Maybe. let's moving on, continuing our dynamic theme of dynamic battles of this maximum dynamic podcast. <laughs> hey, hey. Remember Mega Evolutions? No. Game Freak doesn't. <laughs> They, they pretend it just never happened. They didn't want to pay their... Like, why pay artists and animators to make new models of existing Pokemon when they can just make them huge? Here's, here's a better question. Why create this whole mechanic and have only, like, what? Like, 20 Pokemon support it? And now, because of that, in the competitive scene, those 20 Pokemon are godlike and are always going to be viable because that mechanic exists. And going forward into future generations, you always have to support it, but you're never going to add to it. What if they do add it for like pat like updates or like seasons? Can you imagine? I think the oh man, I I don't know how I feel about that. Po- they're gonna do stuff like Battle Frontiers, which is once like a post game unlockable. I could see that being like a season DLC. one. We adding new Pokemon season two and three. Ooh, oh, look I at don't... these new additions to the Dynamax. Roster. No, no, do you know what they're gonna do? They're not gonna add like new a bunch of new Pokemon. They're gonna give you legendary events. Oh, like this week. This one's a Dynamax version. Hey, hey, for ten ninety nine, go catch Darkrai. 
You gotta pay to enter. That's kind of dumb. Well, that's what I feel like they'll do. But you know, in the past, Nintendo's given out free DLC for some games like Splatoon or mm-hmm. uh, Breath of the Wild had free DLC. Um, I feel like Mario Tennis did too. But so you know, you could get some stuff where uh, they give you like free event Pokemon that are outside of like mystery gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they will also do collaborations, obviously, with like Pokemon Go. And I hope, I wonder what the, um, you know how you can bring Pokemon to Let's Go Eevee and whatnot from your Pokemon Go? I wonder if you can do the same with this game. What about Pokemon on your 3DS? Because um, there's a Pokemon bank for that, remember? Oh, does that work for the Switch title? If you say you had a Pokemon on your bank and you wanted to bring it to Let's Go Eevee, does that work? I think it's like a global uh, box now. It's like an online thing, not console exclusive. Ooh. Now you just connect to it, you upload a Pokemon to the cloud, and you can download to whatever. Now, given that only Pokemon from Galar or Galar can Galar. go, di- can, Galar. go Dyna- can go Dynamax, so <clears throat> yeah, so having like a super strong Pokemon from other um, versions might not necessarily mean you'll have the edge. Well, you mm. will, but um, I think the other one I want to touch up on is the whole gimmick, the like. It kind of touch up, touch, touches up on the performance. And you know how some Pokemon are huge to begin with? Like, sure. example, Wailord. Gyarados. Um, they actually showed off Gyarados, I think, on purpose to show, like, the scale. Like, look at this. It's a What's huge- a, low- a Lola Executor going to look like? <laughs> you, can't, you just can't even see the head. <laughs> it just reaches <laughs> over to the screen. Like, it's going to be Attack on Titan. <laughs> um, I think point. I had a fun discussion with a friend where... What happens if you Dynamax uh, Mega Rayquaza? Does it just become Slifer the Sky Dragon at that point? It's already like Slifer the Sky Dragon. But it'll be bigger! <laughs> oh my god, I already want to think about that. What will like, make like Primal Groudon or Primal Kyogre or anything like that? There's so many Godzilla crossover right now of the Dynamax. Like Tyranitar is the Godzilla and Hydro- Hydrogen or Hydragon is the Geethra. Ghidorah, Ghidorah, sorry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can see that. Actually, do think, yeah. Do you think Dynamax is actually going to be fun, or do you think it's just going to be another gimmick? I think for thematic purposes, I think it'll be fun for the gym battles, but online, probably not. What about just even in trainer battles? I think it'll be fun. Do you? Because I'm, I'm really easy to please, per se. <laughs> like, Ooh. I like beating the shit out of things. And when I, if I have a Gyarados, I can do Hyper Beam in Dynamax mode against a gym leader and go like motherfucker hyper beam <laughs> like it'll be it'll be really cool like visual flare wise I think this is a good decision to make kids go like is... oh my god look it's like a gigantic Gyarados but isn't the animation the same except it's big again I'm easy to please as I say because <laughs> if you're telling me they're doing like unique animations for every Pokemon that's nuts I mean, they kind of did that for all the Z moves, didn't they? No. Oh, was it like only select? Some Pokemon, like Lycanroc, had a unique Z move. So some mm-hmm. Pokemon had that. But generally speaking, all Pokemon assumed like the same animation for, for some of them. Like there's some hilarious ones where it's like one of the rock ones where it like drops down. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's some Pokemon that are like sideways. Just like... <laughs> 
Or like the, a good example is like the nor the normal one where it's like a super omega tackle. Mm-hmm. If you put that on a bird Pokemon, like there was like Toucanon, who was the giant bird Pokemon who just stands still, mm-hmm. and he's just going still, like charging into Pokemon. So this, yeah. So there, there, there's been some. Wait, how's Z moves gonna work in this? Are they still gonna have Z moves on top of? Dynamax? Can you Z-move while in Dynamax? I think they have to limit one system per, right? Can, you can't mix them Again, can you, can you Omega Evolve Z-move while Dynamax? Because like at that point, it's like you're not even playing Pokemon. You're, it's you're just D- adding you're... Super State onto Super State. I think the best comparison for someone win was like, Pokemon is basically going Digimon at this rate. <sighs> Don't... The Legendaries are just Digimon. They're just Digimon. They're not even Pokemon. They, they are literally just Digimon. I the two legendaries. My Dynamax Lugia. <laughs> It'll cover the entire stadium. <laughs> also, I love how the the you know the the people of Galar just sure. embrace that the fact that Pokemon go super large and they go to stadiums to see them fight in super large form. It's Don't like oh, it's people, normal. People would have like injuries or casualties in, in an arena like that in an enclosed space with two giant Pokemon. Like, wouldn't you be freaked out if that happened? If someone pulls out Rayquaza and makes him go Dynamo, all of a sudden the arena's gonna, like, explode because <laughs> it's huge. It's the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's something you could do against that. Or, um, we got the champion, um, Leon. Appropriately named. <laughs> and then we have your rival, Hop. I, I swear to God, they're running out of ideas for names. I mean, at least there's an angle of he's the brother of the champion, so it's kind of like, oh, that's why he wants to be the best. Oh no, Nissan problems. Leon, why did you kill all the, my clan men? I gotta avenge you. Wait, that's Naruto, my bad. <laughs> I mean, that would be a way more interesting angle for a Pokemon game if your rival wanted to take revenge on someone. Okay. I, I mean... Black and White 2 did that, but they did that in a really stupid way. Darren, I'm going to give you the synopsis of this game right now. Okay, you know how those two legendaries, the sword... Oh, we haven't even talked about them yet, but... They're Digimon. uh, Yeah, they're Digimon. Do you know how there's the legendaries, Mm -hmm. Sword and Shield, and apparently there's going to be an evil legendary, just for obvious, like, good versus evil kind of thing? I'm going to bet you money... Or a game of your choice. That Leon will go evil and get consumed by the evil legendary. And you and Hop taking each of the sword and shield and you got to overcome him. Because I, I, apparently both legendaries will be available within like the single game. You don't need to get like both of them. Oh, okay, them. so it's like, uh, mm-hmm. Soul, it's like Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Silver where you could get the other. Or, or Pokemon Crystal where you could get both. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm betting you, Leon will get a mask, he'll go evil, and you and Hop will have to stop him, and Hop will be like, oh no, brother, why? I'm gonna, I'm gonna up your bet and say that A, Leon's either gonna get mind-controlled by the enemy team to do it, or B, he's trying to, like, tame and stop the evil Pokemon, but becomes overcome by it. I will, I will take scenario B, sir. That seems like the most anime thing that yeah. can happen. Also, wasn't Necrozma already kind of like the ultimate evil Pokemon? Yeah, the be-all, end-all kind of evil. 
Yeah, like he literally steals the light of the world. What can be more evil than that? There's alternate dimensions in Pokemon. Like, is that going to ever come up again? I think that will be like the explanation of what's happening with the Dynamax. Oh, alternate dimension energy is leaking through our world. Ultra Beast energy is leaking into your Pokemon and now it digivolved into its giant form. I hope they don't pull any more fusion bullshit where like Sword and Shield combine it together to make some night Pokemon or some shit like that. They 100% will because nah. they've already done that with other legendaries. There's a precedent for it. They've done it with Alternate Krosma. They've done it with uh, Kiram. So. Also, between the two legendaries, the Sword and Shield, which one do you prefer? Oh. See, this is a tough question because the Sword one, which I should get a name of. One second. Do you remember the names? Curium or something like that. You just combine Curium with the Z. <laughs> no, it starts with a Z. No, I know it does. It's funny. Ah, fuck. Um, how about you tell me your favorite first of all? I'll find the names. I, I just think the sword one wins by default because the shield one looks pretty silly. People are making so many obvious comparisons to Sif for the sword one. Like, everyone's like, oh, it looks like Sif. There's a sword, it's a dog. Ah, here we go. Looks like Civ. Civ from Dark Souls. Oh, I thought, well, I saw people pointing out Rapid from Tales of Asperia, and I'm like, yeah, he looks like a digi- the digi-evolution of Rapid. So the Sauron is called Zassian, assuming the C-I-A-N is pronounced Shun. And the shield one's called Zamazenta. Zamazenta! Now, I don't know if you watched the like Japanese Chogokin animes back in like the 90s. I'm assuming you didn't. Like the Gal Gygar age. I've seen clips of it, but I've never watched it as a child. The shield one resembles one of the, like, the Earth Defender Chokens called Dagon, Dagon, Dargon X. Look oh my later. god, they're going to Megazord together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you look at it, they basically fit together. <laughs> like one beca- Anyway. <laughs> it's going to 100% be that. Okay, let's break this down. Let's break the... Um, well, shield one's kind of obvious. It's just a shield. Did you see the Photoshop of someone putting Lysander's face on him? It's like perfect, like the shape or of his beard. <laughs> it's got the hair. The hair too. So people are saying like, oh, it's Lysander turned into a Pokemon. And that'll be like the big plot twist. Like, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> I'm back. Now I'm going to end the world for like no reason. Um, But people are having like kind of questions about the sword one. Like, why does it carry a separate sword in its mouth? Like, what happens if you don't carry it in its mouth? And some, it actually confirmed that the sword is actually part of its body and not a separate sword. Hmm. That ain't it, fam. That ain't it. Like, kinda wa- I kind of want it to be like, you know, you ever watch the Liger anime? The one they showed in North America? Uh, I think so. Isn't that Voltron? No, the one, the one with like, did you just say Voltron? Voltron, no, the Zoid. The, the oh, I'm gonna slap. I, someone this. did. Someone did post pictures of Zoids and be like, "Man, I love these t- new legendary Pokemon. They're so cool looking." Um, some of the viewers might remember the North American showing of Zoids, where like you get different armaments for your Zoid, and one of them is called Schneiger, which is basically it has like ten blades Schneiger. on it. Schneiger. I'm not kidding. One's Jaeger, one Schneiger. <laughs> it's always funny that the it, the protagonist was a white guy, and it was like, "Let's go, Liger Schneiger." <laughs> Let's go, Ixie Liger Schneiger. It's like, why are you talking like that? 
Anyway, but I think for legendary skill, I actually like the shield one more better than the sword one. Why? I don't know it looks why. Silly. It looks like he has a piece of armor on him. It looks cool. It just looks like he has a big dumb beard. <clears throat> that would be very heavy and difficult to move. I mean, it looks like a majestic beast to me. I mean, sword one looks cool, but it's not like a giant great sword like Sif. The sword one looks cool, but it looks kind of generic. It looks like a Digimon. He's <laughs> a champion or mega. Anyway. It'd probably have to be uh, uh, ultimate level. So does that mean you're going to get the sword version, Darren? If I get any version, probably. I mean, I, I played Sun and Moon super late. <clears throat> I didn't play it at launch. Mm -hmm. And honestly, from what I've seen so far, I'm not super compelled to play it right away. I mm -hmm. don't know. They're, Pokemon's in a weird spot. I'm more so nervous about the repercussions of this in like the other Pokemon media. Like how Dynamo battles are going to impact the trading card game. If they're going to try to incorporate that as a gimmick and stuff like that. That That is uh, more actually, questionable to me. You know, we're both TCG players. Let's actually dive into that just a brief moment. Because sure. I think it would be a good discussion because the up till now, we're currently in the Tag Team GX meta. Yeah. Where it's two Pokemons, which means increased hit points, and it increased the amount of prizes you take from from the opponent or the opponent takes from you from two to three from the basic GX. Um, before that, we have the break format, which is another evolution where you put on top of, you know, car horizontally usually. Yeah, it was just like an extra evolution. And there was also other cars before that era where you combine two cars to complete like. A yes, portrait kind of that was a very brief gimmick. And then we're mm -hmm. in the era of also right now they have prism cards, which are a gimmick, which is like stopped. For a good reason, because prism cards, like some of the cards were really useful, like um, the Tapu Koko prism star, which I'm pretty sure is kind of still going to get used in Picarom decks. Um, yeah. Some of the stadiums are really good for fairy decks and are also dark decks, like the black market and the, the I don't remember the fairy one. A lot of the prism cards are really good. Um, that being said, I think <laughs> you know what they're gonna do, Darren. No, don't say it. They're gonna no, bring. Gonna <laughs> they're gonna make the jumbo cards the Dynamax cards. No! <laughs> How do you play that in the deck? You just bring like a side deck, just full of like this like stack of gigantic cards. You don't even draw into it. Just pull from your do side you know, deck, going you know, like Dynamax. You need like a special item, and then you play it, and you can play the. The, the Dynamax GX, and it's worth six prizes, but it has like 500 hit points. It can also only last for three turns, too. That'd be kind of cool. It's like, like a burst of like power for like a couple of turns. Uh, I don't know. I think that's the way they have to go. Like If you put out something like a 600 HP Pokemon, that's going to be like... It's, you I either make that thing OP or you make that thing really dumb. It's going to be lame either way. It like, can't be break, a crazy one. Break didn't really last... Mega evolutions did not last. They only had like a dozen good mega evolution cards. Um, if anything, I think they will do like um, you just get an extra move on top of your existing GX moves, or it just gives you new HP. It can't. It gives you oh, a new God. HP value. Like this is the Pokemon's max HP is now like two hundred. I want the fucking jumbo cards. <laughs> I think that's probably the most clever use of it. I think it's super dumb, but they'll probably do it because 
it's gimmicky enough. Why do you think they were making all this time? They're testing the grounds to see if people actually buy them or not. <laughs> oh my god. Um, see, that was a fun time. <laughs> so, Pokemon, <laughs> Sword, and Shield. Double cards. <laughs> Are you going to buy it day one? Here's the thing, Darren. This game is slated to announce on the 15th, I think. Yeah, 15th of November, world worldwide release. I want to get it on day one, but you know what comes a week before that? Remembrance Day? Wait, is it Remembrance Day? On the 11th? Uh, two weeks before that. Veterans Day for our American friends. My birthday? Remember that date, Darren. Yeah, people, I want everyone to wish Darren a happy birthday. Um, no, let's, no, no one knows what. <laughs> let's be let's be specific about this. November eighth. What comes out on November eighth? Death Stranding. Everyone's favorite walking simulator. Now, given that my hype for that game is super up and down right now. <laughs> Because <laughs> at one point, I'm super excited seeing all these new scenes of like the cutscenes going like, this is freaking interesting. It could be like a Netflix special. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm seeing all the gameplay and I'm like, okay, like what do I actually do in this game? I run yeah. around and I'm like... Ugh. You're a FedEx delivery guy who has a magic ladder he can create out of nowhere. Then he can, uh, he has a climbing, a climbing pole. He can put down. He has brief key, briefcase jitsu. Mm -hmm. He has a gun, and there's probably stealth sections. So it's kind of like Metal Gear Solid Five, but with more weird mechanics. His ladder pierces the heavens. That <laughs> ladder. Just... That, I was just like, "What am I watching?" <laughs> it just extends forever. <laughs> it's a big ladder. How did I carry it with them? Um, so we're talking about Death Stranding now, which they had a eight, almost nine minute trailer that showed off gameplay, cutscenes, and proceeded to confuse ever everyone. It confused everyone. Even like, more, somehow. First off, I want to give special shout outs to uh, Die Hard Man. <laughs> My favorite Mega Man boss. I swear, everyone's just running out of character names at this point. Or just hit it, just Kojima just fucking with this again. Well, the one thing I noticed about Kojima, he, he's got some some mama problems. Because now we have Big Mama, now we have a character just named Mama. mama. It's like, is everything cool, Kojima? Also, he likes things very hard. And very specific. <laughs> Coldman, Hardman, Hardman. Dead <laughs> Man. He wants to be very literal in the character names, like I Die mean, Hard Man. <laughs> there's literally a character in Peace Walker who's called um, Hot Cold Man. <laughs> That's the best name. Like <laughs> he's oh, the leader man. of the CIA troops in uh, Costa Rica. Can you imagine if actual CIA agents have those code names? I mean, in I'm real sure, life, I'm sure they have ridiculous names either which way. Even if they just it's not official, they just call themselves that. But, uh, holy cow, Kojima has a lot of famous friends that are in his video game. Here is my hot question of the day, our podcast. There's a lot of Mad Mickelson in this game, isn't there? <laughs> There's a lot of them in here. 
Well, it's either going to be a case of we just saw a lot of the snippets that he's in, and maybe that those are the only sections of the game he's in, or Kojima just wants to make a game with his best friend, Mads Mikkelsen, who was in a lot of the marketing. There was a crap ton of marketing with Mads, and I like Mads Mikkelsen. I think he's great. I mean, who doesn't like him? So far, everything I've seen in this game of Mads Mikkelsen is pretty cool. Even when he sings to a unborn fetus child. Bridge baby. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, okay. Here, can here's can my... we talk about the best no, no, line no, 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 in the trailer? No, 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 not yet. Here, here's my question. <laughs> if you follow Kojima on Twitter... I do. Because it's, it's a trip. It's great. It's... He posts a lot. He, I think he one time posted a like um, furniture catalog of Mad Mickelson. <laughs> 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 he just it's like a photo shoot of it, and some one was like, "Hmm, Kojima bought this book and bought a lot of Mad Mickelson. Hangs out with him a lot. Puts him literally in every scene of the game." Is Kojima does have the hots for Mad Mickelson? <laughs> I mean, Mad Mickelson is a is a handsome man with a cool voice and a cool looking face. So, uh, what more do you want? Twitter right? called Kojima gay. <laughs> but uh, can we just comment on the line where uh, the main character Sam just says, "You're the president of Jack shit." Yeah, you're, you're the president of Jack Sam, Margaret. <laughs> like I was just like, what the fuck? I sometimes yeah. can't understand what he says half the time. Yeah, he kind of has like a mumbly uh, speech intonation. Uh, overall, though, the game visually looks really impressive. The environments look really, really nice. The facial animation is really cool. Clearly, their uh, their capture technology for the facial animations of all the characters are on point. Mads Mikkelsen is in the video game. So is Guillermo del Toro. He's in the game too as Dead Man. He's he's just there as as himself. He's Dead Man. Um, a couple of things Troy, I want. To... Troy Baker is hard di- die hard man. No, no Tro- Troy Baker is the the other guy. You oh, I thought confused. he was die hard man for some reason. Um, Troy Baker, Death. He's like the evil terrorist guy. I just can't remember. His Are you name. telling me Die Hard Man is not an evil terrorist guy? No, Die Hard Man is someone else. He's like the one with the mask. That's why you remember him. Was he the mask with the mask, or is that Troy Baker? Troy Baker is the mask with the mask. <laughs> the Die Hard Man is the commander of the Bridges organization, which your character Sam is a works part for. of, and, and which is, just has the Bridge Babies. <clears throat> And is voiced by Tommy Earl Jenkins, which, well, what did I see him in? He was in How to Get Away with Murder, American Odyssey. He was in Law and Order and General Hospital. Okay. I did not watch any of those. I'm sorry, Jenkins. <laughs> you didn't anyway. get me the name of Troy Baker's character. Oh, um, keep talking. <laughs> but it's cool to hear Troy Baker in another Kojima game because it sounds like they hit it off when he played uh, Revolver Ocelot in Metal Gear Solid Five, even though he played a very boring version of Revolver Ocelot. So the man with the mask in the mask is named Higgs. Hig? Higgs. Higgs. H-I-G-G-S. Higgs. Voiced by Troy Baker. It's no die hard, man. That name I will never live down. 
No, it's it's great. I mean, Death Stranding looks cool. I the game constantly. Kojima is a master of directing video game trailers. He has been since I think Metal Gear Solid Two is technically the first one he's worked on, which was like one of the most. I think it won Trailer of the Year back when game trailers was a thing. Um, Metal Gear Solid one or Metal Gear one. I don't know if he made, if there was like a lot I don't remember the marketing for that one if he actually directed trailers for it because I know for every game since then he has made a trailer himself he's directed it I think his like you know the trademark it's a Kodia Hideo Kojima game I Hideo Kojima game that started with Metal Gear Solid 2 yeah yeah okay because uh, this the trailer direction, this is really cool. There's a lot of cool shots when Mad Mickelson is in the the rises up from the lake, lights a cigarette, throws it, starts walking through the fire with his freaking Terminator army buddies. That looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There was a tentacle in that German tank. Yep. <clears throat> All right, then let's break the. I think the biggest plot device they introduced. Which you're laughing about it before. The bridge the, baby? Yes. So let's you help see the DTs. BTs. Oh, BTs. You know what BTS is? No. Okay. Um, this is more of a funny joke for me, but uh, BTS is Pangtan Sonyan, which is like a Korean Wow, pop. how did I not know about this? <laughs> no, no, it's it's a Korean pop group. They're like uber famous right now. Yeah. Like, they're insanely famous. And one of the lines right. <laughs> in the title was like, um, what was it? Oh, Building America Won't Save Us From The BTS. <laughs> so I'm just there laughing like, yep, this won't save us from the Korean pop group just invasion. Just playing one of their songs in the background. <laughs> they're the BTS, oh no. Um, also, Kojima has a, cr- a crazy talent for finding really good music for his trailers. Have you heard of a group called Apocalyptica? I know. Is that the, the name of the group that did the song? I think so. It's really good, but like, I haven't really heard of them before. No, me neither. Uh, back when he did, we had, you remember the nuclear trailer for Metal Gear Solid Five? Yes. That was, that song was out for like four years when that trailer came out. And then it blew up because of the trailer. Like, Kojima just has a good taste in music and follows a lot of artists, artists I suppose. Okay, I remember who Apocalypse guys are. They're like the, um, they're Finnish metal group, but they play like uh, symphonic instruments. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of violin work in the song in this trailer. Cello. Sure. <laughs> it's my instrument. <laughs> sure. All right, all right. Let's break down one of the biggest plot devices we saw. Um, I think the previous previous videos, like when you get pulled by those like black liquid things, which BG. we now yeah. I wonder what the acronym is, but... Um, is, is, isn't BT the acronym, or do you mean what does it stand for? What does it stand for? Sorry. Biological Terror. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, we kind of assume that once you actually get caught by those things, you just die. Like, it's game over. There's a lot of fir- first-person shots when he was grabbed by it. He mm-hmm. was going like... <gasps> but in this trailer... Okay, let, let's just break this timeline a bit. So, initial trailer we saw, um, what's the director's name? I can't pronounce his name. Gil, 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 Gil del Toro, uh, Mister Toro, del Toro. I, th- I think the initial trailer was him in like the war field in his suit getting chased. No, right? 
The was initial it? trailer was Norman Reedus fucking oh, naked. The fish, yeah, the fish. Climbing on the beach looking for the invisible baby. And he's holding it crying. And then you have like eight bosses descending yeah. surrounding him. That was the initial everyone's trailer. Like, everyone's like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like that was the initial trailer and everyone's like, what the fuck? That was and Norman then- Reedus and the funky fetus. <laughs> And then we get the, I think the Del Toro trail was next. Yeah, it's him sneaking around that war zone with yeah. the tentacle tanks, and then Mad Mickelson and his Terminator army boys show up at the end. And everyone was like, what the fuck? This this has, like, no correlation to the Norman Reedus fetus. Except the baby. Extravaganza. And then we get the third trailer, which was the initial gameplay trailer, where, like, walk around. And you see Troy... A lot of walk around. And I think the trailer after that, which was the Troy Baker scene, where it actually summons like a gigantic BT monster, and we get the new one, which is this one that actually shows gameplay and new scenes. And now I'm boring you, I know, but like looking back at it, it kind of all makes kind of sense now, like what Does those it? trailers. Are. Well, if you think about it, <laughs> you're in the world A, which where you're like gather resources and shit, and you fight the bioterrorists, which Higgs is part of. But if you get caught by the BTs, and you get dragged into the other world, which is the world that the Del Toro was in. It's like the World War One setting, and you gotta somehow find the quote-unquote connection to get the fuck back to the world A. But if because if you get stuck in World B, which is the World War One era, you end up like Mad Nicholson, and you just can't get out. It'll be like kind of like limbo. You get me? <laughs> I definitely felt like there was a limbo type thing going on. Like I felt like at some point I heard someone mention the river, the river sticks, or like Hades. Yeah, he's like the basically the Undertaker. <laughs> like it was, it was talked about being like hell. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if it's like a parallel world, or if it's like a like the un, like like the afterlife, like the underworld, like intermingling with the real world. I think it's really cool. Like. So it won't be just like a boring walking No Man's Sky simulation, except with better graphics. I mean, that, that first gameplay trailer, everyone's like, man, you're just a delivery boy. You're just a FedEx driver. But now you have your own FedEx bike. And your own <laughs> FedEx briefcase you beat up people with. And your own FedEx ladder. And your own FedEx gun. <laughs> Trademarked. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like there could be a lot of wandering around. Because Metal Gear Solid Five had a lot of wandering around, so it's been a thing in his previous work. What do you think? Or here's a two-part question: How do you feel about America being kind of like possibly the main setting of this game? And why do you think rebuilding America is a big focus? Because Kojima loves America, of course. I think that's part of it. Like, all of his games in some way or form, like, have had heavy American themes and, 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 like, he's clearly a fan of American culture and pop culture. I mean, without America, he couldn't have possibly written Metal Gear Solid 2. No, he couldn't have. <laughs> the Sons of Liberty. You're not going to say that in Japan, but anyone in Japan. After but, I looked uh, at what that means in Japanese. Hold on. Go on. But uh, I think the other thing, too, is it's probably the most relatable to the theme, which seems to be connections between people, the, mm-hmm. the strands. 
Mm -hmm. So I think the whole theme of the game is about uniting. So the United States has the most obvious theming and symbology with the core... Russia. (laughs) No. Go on, Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I think. Hmm. They also mentioned Death Stranding as an actual um, terminology within the game, too. If you remember um, Troy Baker character, like... Something, something, Death Stranding. Oh, yeah. It's like, are we breaking the fourth wall? I, I don't know how it's being used. I don't know what it refers to because it sounded confusing. It, it kind of just sounded like Hideo Kojima bullshit when uh, he's saying that line. Um, I also n- noticed this during the trailers. Everybody cries in this game. There's a lot of tears. And one point, Sam's, I think, betrothed, also cries blood. <laughs> I think it's just because she's dead. I think I think that's all that is. So, let's see. Sam is a troubled man with the possibly dead wife. Is his name Sam Bridges? He, I think it was just Sam in the trailer. I didn't, but is his I full think... name... Sam Bridges. Um, let's check. Let's pull that up on uh... Sam Sam Porter Bridges. Yes, Sam Porter Bridges, the his most historic delivery man. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but that being said, I think I hope that they don't pull. Uh, that's Dead Space 2 kind of thing where your wife constantly haunts you. Maybe. Maybe it's tied to the BTs. I don't know. Your BTs take form of your, like, uh, how do I say this? Like, either your loved ones or the one, like, that's always in your mind. Like, who are the BTs? That's also a question, too. Like, people are connecting that people that did not make it out of Hades are the BTs because they're, like, constantly trying to drag you in. Because you're holding that bridge baby, which that make doesn't make any sense either. Why does a bridge baby, which is a baby in a test tube little thing with the pipe, make you detect deep BTs? Maybe they have psychic powers or something. And they're growing them within the bridges organization. It's the only way to fight the BTs. You gotta connect your baby bridge babies. You're gonna dive deep. I mean, I mean, in the trailer, I'm I have it open and I'm just opening in the background when he sees his wife he's being swallowed up in the black goop from the bts that might be just the editing though of two different scenes well he's also gasping in first person and he's like struggling in something Mm. sam human beings are meant to connect (laughs) so hideo kojima is trying to unite us by the stranding of this crazy 2019 social media i'm trying to figure out what that stranding means you're not going to find it. It's just basically a Hideo Kojima word. He says, I've come to understand the truth of the death stranding. So you understood the game. <laughs> <laughs> I understood this game now. So because I have worked on the game, I have come <laughs> to understand it. But uh, maybe the death stranding is the thing is when they pull you. Like, maybe you being stranded in this hellscape is the death stranding. Because you are stranded in death. 
What does stranding mean by... Is that actual, like... Stranded is like you are stuck. Like you've been... You've been cast out. You're, you're trapped somewhere. Is normally how it's used. Like you are stranded on a deserted island. Is the most common use. So you're strand. In this case it will be more like you're stranded at death. Which is Hades. Yes. That's <clears throat> part of it. Boy, this game comes out the day after my birthday. That's going to be a trip. Stream it, bitch. <sighs> it's going to be a trip. Anywho, um, I hope they show me more information during like the Sony PSX or whatever they their next event is. I hope really? they don't. I hope this is it. I hope it's is Blackout. It? I hope it's Blackout until like a launch trailer. Just to leave people confused and to come up with all sorts of wild theories. Just, like, just, that's the best. Only to be more disappointed. There might be a gameplay demo at some point. Probably not at E3. There might be a, like a PlayStation Experience or a play, or the PlayStation uh, Power Hour. What do they call it? The PlayStation Direct. What is it called? I'm not exactly sure. PlayStation Experience? No, that's a yes. PSX. No, that's a PSX. Um... Like, Nintendo things also just... No, no, what's, like, their PlayStation Direct call that they just started? Where they showed off the final, the new Final Fantasy VII remake trailer. It's called State of Play. State of Play. I bet you they'll show a gameplay demo there. Over anywhere else. We're in June right now, so there's only five more months until it releases. Dude, they, yep. might, not, they might not even release a demo at this point. I feel like you you just do it. You just drop the game. Or Kojima just delays it like he usually does. Yeah, Kojima is one to do that. I am incredibly surprised this isn't a PS5 title. With like the news that PS5 is coming out soon. <sighs> I don't know. Okay, don't then know. here's a question for you, Darren. What are the biggest question mark you have for Death Stranding? If you have to pick one. I think it's probably... Is there multiple bridge babies? Is there like... just how, How do they produce them? Where do they hold them? How many do they use? Where do they come from? They come from mom. <laughs> Do oh no! Oh, uh, you see, you no. see her interacting with the BTS in the cutscenes. I yes. thought maybe they called her that because she like takes care of them once they're there. No, I'm just I'm just yanking on you. I hope they don't. That's gonna be very weird. Don't go yanking on me without my permission. <laughs> Yank. <laughs> um, yeah. The biggest question for me would be. Who is the actual villain? Mads Mikkelsen, clearly. Yeah, because he's is in the sci- he's in like a scientist mode, and then he's in the army mode. So he's in both worlds. He's so, a scientist army man. So it's like the one where he's just human, like the past, um, both. or both. So he can just flip flop whatever he wants. That's what I think. That's what makes him a villain. And Hick and Troy Baker, Higgs character is just like a middleman on all this. He might be like his lackey or something. He might be his like number two or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Or he's just out there being Revolver Ocelot, being a rogue agent. Now here's another big question for you. In the final moments of the trailer, Mad Mickelson says to the baby, which we don't know if it's a beach, uh, bridge baby or maybe, maybe think, it's Sam. I think it's safe to assume it's a bridge baby. What if Sam's a bridge baby? Um, I mean, his, his name's Bridges. Sam Porter Bridges. They were based on you. <laughs> Wait, does that mean Jeff Bridges is the founder? <gasps> Plot twist. Um, no, that's not my question. You know how, okay, Mad Mickelson says that I will show you everything or this world will be for you to explore. And he adds, even the moon. Particularly, he mentions the moon. And the initial trailer and the concept art for Kojima, the new Kojima studio has Norman Reedus in a spacesuit. Uh, that's Luden's, first of all. Luden's, Luden's is we know what the for? studio logo. You know what that stands for? Isn't that Luden's... No, dude, it has to. There has to be some kind of tie to the moon. It has to be. What if it's just a cool thing to say to somebody because it's a cool trailer stinger? It's a Kojima game. Everything he says has a meaning. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Remember that time he said about Quiet's outfit? He said, "You will regret your words and deeds." And then it's like, "Nah, she can't breathe. If she's not in her bikini, bro." Yeah, there's also meaning behind it. Such subtlety and deep meaning such philosophy it whatever i i bet you that's the luden spacesuit will play a role in the game maybe but it's also just a cool logo we're going to space <laughs> maybe i mean you can read up on the whole luden like it's a fictional universe like like a novel thing it's basically like people uh, Ludens are born human, but, but possess latent mental powers far beyond those of normal humans. I don't know. I like conspiracies. I've been reading, like watching too many podcasts with like conspiracy theorists, so everything just feels like a conspiracy to me. <laughs> it's gonna be the, the truth about the moon landing. So Death Stranding. Hopefully, we see more of it during State of Play, or as Darren wanted, just complete blackout to release date. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, I will get someone. That game for their birthday. Who knows? Hmm. That's not gonna happen. Hey, man, hey, man. That's impossible. Speaking of impossible, Activision has somehow betraying all expectations. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, to be honest, I thought they're gonna just make a new iteration of the franchise rather than going back to it. No, they did the uh, the smartest thing. They did, a, they did a clean reboot of Modern Warfare. And titled it Modern Warfare. I mean, it makes the most sense. You're at a point where you've released, like, what? Half a dozen games since Modern Warfare 1? Modern Warfare 1, 2, 3, Black Ops 1, 2, 3, 4, Infinity War, Advanced Warfare, and four, that's eight games. There's been oh, a lot. Not Ghost, Ghost. That's eight. Yeah, there's been a lot. So it, the timeline's messy. What makes the most sense, especially in this modern context, is just to do it from fresh, reboot it, put the time you need into it. It's what the people want. 
and the trailer looked kind of cool. Apparently, there's been some gameplay demos for the press to play. There's a boss fight when you play as a young child and you stab a Russian soldier with a uh, screwdriver. So, that's a thing. So, to recap, Activision Blizzard will reboot the original Modern Warfare based on the, uh, the Price and Soap trilogy. And it's slated for Is that October. what it's actually called? The Price and Soap trilogy? Well, technically, it's the... Uh, Makarov era kind of thing. So, I like to call it the Price Trilogy. <laughs> I like to call it. I liked it better when it was just Modern Warfare. When it was just Modern Warfare and it didn't have Makarov. I mean, it didn't really have memorable villains if it wasn't for Makarov. But you had the, you had the guy with one arm. It's a Kaev. Wow, you know his name. You're telling me memorable. <laughs> I don't even know that, and I played that game. Like he died times. after the first game. <laughs> That's what makes him great. What? Why? That's a super memorable sequence where you have the where you get slid the pistol and you have the one clip. Uh, Modern anyway. Warfare had a lot of cool sequences. This game looks to be interesting that it's blending a more visual, realistic representation. They seem to be marketing the night vision. Apparently, all the talk in press releases is about uh, night vision and going in dark. So I'll be curious to see in the multiplayer if that has any like gameplay ramifications, if there's going to be any significance to that. But uh, otherwise, it, lo- it looks like a very visually impressive shooter Call of Duty game. They're a really, whole new engine. They're really banking on that uh, Captain Price fame. I mean, that's like the most memorable character in their, like, uh, the franchise next to mason <laughs> i don't even know if i'd say mason is i'd argue frank woods probably has more play than uh mason mason's only remembered by his meme yeah that's what it. the numbers mean mason i said it so many times during my high school days um that being said so the game is developed in a whole new engine which some of the press commented that it feels slower than the previous call of duties which i'm okay with and a lot of them commented on that during their time with the quote-unquote alpha or beta. They said they're really emphasizing like the cruelty of war and like the kind of like the graphic side. Yeah, it sounds like there's going to be some shock factor here and mm-hmm. that uh, there's definitely going to be some unnerving sequences. Particularly, you're also seeing the perspective of a rebel faction which seems to be in opposition to a Russian occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a scene where you're playing as like a young girl and you see her father get shot by a Russian soldier. And there's like stuff like that. You see her village get attacked. And so it sounds like they're going to bank on that a bit. I don't know if they're going to go no Russian, which was that infamous uh, mission in Modern Warfare 2 where you had the option to go through an airport and massacre civilians, which had a meme of having a million warning screens. Mm-hmm. And but, people uh, still freaked out. Like, why I, is this in the game? I mean... I'm actually surprised they, they were allowed to put it in, considering what it was. I think years later, when there was like more terror attacks, it became more relevant. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was kind of just chilling. It was super controversial, to be sure. But at the same time... I think it was like a high risk, high reward kind of thing. 
because nobody has ever done that kind of stuff before. Well, it sets a precedent of like, should how it be far done? can we push the boundaries of like social implications? Yeah, well, it's like, should it be done? Should you even go there? Is it worth it? For, is is like the, what you get in the story and the the makings of your art? Is it worthy? And yeah, I don't know. I'm sure some people felt something. Did you? I remember just being weirded out by it when I played it back in the day. I was just kind of like, this isn't what I wanted. Like, where's all the heroism and the patriotism? No, I was like, I don't... Where's my Murica? I don't know. If you were to ask me, I think the nuke scene in Modern Warfare 1 is more effective. Mm -hmm. Where you're in the aftermath of a nuclear attack and you're walking through the streets dying from radiation... I think that's more chilling because you walk, you just see firsthand the destruction that a nuclear armament brought about. Whereas this, I feel like no Russian is just totally binging on shock value. Like growing up from like the Grand Theft Auto era, like killing civilians, like don't take, don't take this the wrong way, but like I wasn't very shocked by the fact that you had to kill civilians because that feature or gameplay has been available for some time now. So it didn't but it's shock the me idea. It's the idea that you're just walking into an airport and massacring people, and the it's fact the they idea. put like a nationality on them, and also- the, and the fact that they're meant. It's meant to make you think this could be a real terror attack. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure some people were terrified to go into an airport after playing gotcha. that. Like think about it. They just strolled in and shot everyone. Who's gonna stop that? How do you stop that? I mean, ever since nine eleven, like the security has been increased a lot more. So yeah, but, but I, I I do see where you're coming from though. Like, it might have like cost more. But the point being, I don't think yeah. this new modern warfare is going for that. I think it's grounding itself a bit more, and it's trying to it's trying to go for something bigger. I've also heard that uh, a lot of the previous modern warfare head developers of the original game are being brought back on to lead this. Apparently, ex-Respawn people have joined this project who are made from ex-Infinity Ward employees. So uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that this could be something cool because it's, it's been a hot minute since I've really enjoyed a Call of Duty game. I think the last one was... Advanced Warfare? Is that the one with Kevin Spacey? Ew. That was your bet. That was your like more favorite, like memorable one. Well, I'd say of the recent Call of Duties, because mm. otherwise I haven't really enjoyed playing one since like Black Ops and uh, uh, Modern Warfare Two. I think Black Ops One was like the peak. I think for me at least, I remember really liking the Modern Warfare games. Like I remember Spec Ops and Modern Warfare Two being like one of my favorite gameplay experiences. Oh, but that's not the single player portion. <laughs> well, the single player in Black story, Ops is story wise. big. I got the platinum in Modern Warfare One, Two, and Black Ops, so I had the nerd. I was a typical Call of Duty teenage high school guy. Like that's that's the, that was the game to play. That being said, I know it's a reboot. So, do you think they actually follow the original storyline? With like additional scenes, so that means they might remake the nuke scene and let us also replay the ghillie suit scene uh, level. I guarantee you, they're going to have some variant of all guild up. 
But I feel like the story is going to go in a different direction because they're bringing in like like there's the the games already has it shows off gameplay in different areas like it shows like an attack in London, mm-hmm. it shows like the stuff with this uh, village being attacked by the Russians. So I think it's going to go for a different story. But I would expect them to dog and take uh, people's favorite parts of the previous missions in the previous game. So I bet you there'll be a AC-147 mission, there's going to be... A AC-147. Yes. Yeah, AC-147. So there's going to be a mission like that. There's going to be a mission like All Guild Up. There's going to be a cool sequence in an airplane at some point. Wait, that's Modern Warfare 2. No, Mile High Club. That is the... Oh, that's a, sec- that's a secret mission. I bet you they'll bring something like that back. It was cool. So... Well... What's the sudden interest in all this like single player component from Activision? Do you think? Because it's what Infinity Ward wants to do, or it's what I actually don't know. Infinity Ward's the developer. It's is it Sledgehammer? Is it three? Who is it? See, this is the problem. When I Google Modern Warfare, it just gets me the 2007 games. Like, god damn it! It's like if you Google Hitman or Tomb Raider. Infinity Ward's the developer. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's uh, it is Infinity Ward. So I feel like it's just because that's where their priorities lie. They tried the multiplayer only route with Black Ops Three, and they had mixed results. Four. Whatever. <laughs> Gotta get your things right. Factual. In in loot shooter, modern warfare, Black Ops, they're like, hey, it's multiplayer only, and it didn't have the sales they wanted. So. People I don't think, like future stuff. I mean, we have so many future stuff. You have to go back to like the modernism sooner or later. Right? Like, how future can you get until you just become Star Wars? You know? I mean, they basically went there. Um, will you be getting this on launch, Darren? I don't know. I I need to see what what the gameplay looks like because i could see myself playing that as a multiplayer game i don't really play a lot of multiplayer shooters anymore but that could be one i could see myself playing i don't know if lot i'll get it at launch but i could see myself eventually picking up maybe around christmas time because no matter how good a single player game may be like shooters are the bread and butter has to be the multiplayer yeah but i will say i always enjoy a good single player first person shooter game like titanfall 2 half-life modern warfare 1 i I love those so i i would be down for that Mm -hmm. all right um well to be honest like we didn't see much for the modern warfare either trailer wise we only see like the reveal trailer so i'm assuming we'll see more at the e3s because activision has their own section this year because mm-hmm. I think it's getting more shared around as Sony didn't show up, so Square Enix Enix took over that. So we hope to see more Activision shenanigans at E3. Now, we did initially plan, or I did, to do like a pre-E3 thing, but then again, this year is going to be small. Lure than com- compared to last year's, so we're just going to do like a post-E3 podcast when everything's announced. Um, hopefully, by the time we record on Wednesday, we'll probably have heard all like the major releases so we don't miss most of the big reveals will happen up up until like tuesday at night 
So the biggest thing I think is whatever Square has planned for the Avengers game. I think that'll be the most it's gonna interesting. Be final, to... It's going to be their Final Fantasy VII remake stuff. That'll be the big the big ticket. Oh th- yeah, I mean the same the same week across the street they're having a Final Fantasy VII orchestra tour. Awesome. So the orchestra is probably going to be at, at E3. E3, just like the opening. Kind of like with Zelda Skyward Sword, when Miyamoto went mad with power. Um, just to briefly, super briefly, touch on Final Fantasy VII. People are s- speculating that, you know how Seven was like a disc, multi-disc game? Mm-hmm. So each disc will be like an episode. <laughs> it's a big so only, game. You only get up to whatever like the end of disc one was. Hey, if you, if you get up to the end of disc one, that's a shit ton of game. I'd be amazed if they let you play that much. Because disc one is like 60% of the game. Disc Four, three is mean. literally just the final fight. I mean, that's where all the cutscenes are at. There's a lot of cutscenes there. Alright, so look forward to that E3. Because I'm assuming, depending on the games that launch, we might be ta- will be a longer episode. It very well could be. Um, I gotta stop smacking my lips. This mic is so good it catches all my lips smacking and all my lips. Fuck. Nom 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 nom. So I'm Rush Nurse, and thank you for listening again. Which your con- which your which your continuous support of this podcast. Um, as Darren said, leave us a favorable com- um review. I don't know how podcast review systems work. I'll have to look into that. You should. <laughs> I have no idea. I just assume it's just based on like click on like download ratios, but reviews help. They help other people know that other people watch and enjoy the podcast and it helps give us feedback if we need to improve the show and what we should improve upon. To leave us feedback, you can send your comments to lastbluestv at gmail.com and or leave us a DM at my Twitter is at lastblues, all one word. Send all your podcast comments to Andy. Fuck you. <laughs> and also send all your love mails and love comments Ooh. to Darren at, at Gaming Pilgrim. P I L G R I M. Yep, that's what Pilgrim spells. <laughs> Every time like someone says, I'll oh, follow me on here, but I always get the spelling wrong. I was like, can you just write it down for me? Like, I'm, I'm dumb. Links are probably included in the relevant format you are listening to this, or at so least it's spelled. Somewhere. If I'm not a lazy bum, the audio version will be uploaded every Thursday morning and the VODs will follow shortly throughout the week. Hopefully by the weekend. Hopefully. Yes. Let's hope rendering works. Otherwise, thanks for listening. And hey, if you're listening to this on YouTube, let us know what you thought about anything we discussed in this installment. I want to hear people's thoughts on Death Stranding. What does it mean? What is the Death Stranding? What are the Bridge Babies? And will Bridge Babies be in Pokemon Shield? And will there be will there be a Pokemon gun version at any point in time? Isn't that the evil Pokemon? Yeah, it's gonna have a gigantic gun with the railgun in its forehead, and like we've got to stop it from. F- it's gonna go into Dynamax mode. It's gonna fire a nuclear bomb from its oh forehead. And stop it from taking over the world. Oh my god! Oh my god! Metal Gear Solid is only a Pokemon game. Okay. Oh my god! I we're gonna stop it. the Metal Gear from firing the fucking nuke from its forehead in it's Dynamax a mode. Day one purchase now. Alright, signing off listeners, thank you for all your attention. Goodbye. (laughs) 